something important. Let's pray together as we hear the word of God. Heavenly Father, we pray to you now that you would be with us, that you would teach us your ways, that we would understand what you have called us to do and what you've called us to be and who you've called us to to worship, to follow, to love. God, I pray that we would be a church that would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, who would learn to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Help us, Lord, to love each other well. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we dealt with the psalm. And the psalm is very important for us to understand because you heard the, the, the radio clips. You heard the pilot who struggled. And all he could hear was, stay with me. Stay with my voice. Focus on the storms in your life, but stay with me. That's the central message of what was from last week. David saw there were many voices in the world and that we lived in and that we see the same thing today. But who do we listen to in our world? I played a clip of Andrew Tate. You guys can go look at that clip if you want. Andrew Tate was an MMA guy, now he's an influencer. And he has over, his videos have been viewed over 14 billion times. He's influencing our kids and our grandkids, our young millennials. Many of the people listen to this guy. You saw it in church. In fact, someone called me this week. I won't name names, Kevin. He said, hey, Pastor, I saw you said something last week about sleeping with a bunch of women. It's in church. Yeah, it wasn't me, buddy. But this is the world we live in today. Men and women think it's okay to just sleep around. And so who are we listening to? And this is where David was. We listen to the Lord. When we listen to the Lord, we get something. That's what David was talking about. In fact, this is what he's talking about today. Listening to God, you get something for it. So let me start off by talking about something that I think everyone would want, desire to have in their lives. Let me define a word for you. I'm going to use it as an adjective in its meaning, but the definition is as follows. Are you ready? Remains firm in their relationship or support for someone or something. many would want that? I haven't given you the word yet, but you remain firm in your relationship or support for someone or something. Can anyone guess what that word might be? Called upon by many dignitaries to help sort out economic.
notes and different things that were, and he wrote this in his biography, his autobiography about his housekeeper. It has been a weary day, quote, and I asked Emily to hold all my telephone calls while I took a nap. Shortly thereafter, the phone rang. A man named Lyndon Johnson was calling from the White House. Get me Ken right now. This is Lyndon Johnson. Her response was, he's sleeping, Mr. President. He said, do not disturb him. He said, well, wake him up. I'm the President of the United States. I need to talk to him now. Her response back was, I don't work for you. I work for the President. When he woke up the next day, he called the President of the United States back. And he could scarcely control his pleasure because the president said, tell that woman I want her here in the White House. Clearly, Emily, the housekeeper, understood the important truth that she was a servant to one person. And she had her loyalties and obeyed his wishes. Understanding that loyalty is what the Lord has for us. He is faithful and willing and able to care And are we with Him? Focusing on all the wrong things in our lives. Or are we really focusing on the things that are good? That's the real question. Ken, are you loyal to someone? you so much that he's going to ask you and change you into the likeness of his son, that perfect being. You don't get to stay the way you are. You don't get to continue to keep being and living the lifestyle that you think you want to live or you think makes you happy. No, he loves you too much to not let you stay that way. He's going to change you into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So when you hear pastors say, God wants you to have your best life if this is your best life that you can have and have it 
sad. Because this isn't a very fun life. Trust me. As a Michigan State fan, this ain't very fun. We got beat by Ohio. Look at the game again. The words out of my mouth. And then Michigan somehow. Scientists have no idea how to define light. We know what it does. We can even travel by it. We have no idea what light is. In fact, Harvard scientists say that dark matter actually makes up most of the mass of the galaxies and the galaxy clusters that we have in this world, this universe. Dark matter. It's responsible for the way that galaxies are organized on a grand scale. In fact, dark energy, meanwhile, is the name we give the mysterious influence driving everything in the expansion of the universe. Dark energy. So dark matter and dark energy. According to NASA, they say this, we know much about dark energy. There is because we know how it affects the universe's expansion. Other than that, it's a complete mystery to us. This is NASA. It's an important mystery, they say. It turns out that roughly 68% of the universe is dark energy. And the dark matter makes up 27%. The rest of it, everything on Earth, everything ever observed with all of our instruments and all of our normal matter, adds up to about less than 5% of things. This is NASA. Proverbs 
My son, keep your father's commandments and forsake not your mother's teachings. Bind them on your hearts always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will talk with you. Here's the kicker. Are you ready for this? The commandment is a lamp and the teaching is a light. And those proofs of discipline are always right. The Lord is our light and darkness. We wake up in the middle of the night and we try to fumble around and we go to the bathroom and we brush and we brush our hair as we get older. When we get older, we seem to wake up in the middle of the night and we have to go to the bathroom a lot. a lot. Kids, getting old is not fun. But what's the first thing you look for when you wake up? I always look for the bottom of the door, that light, so I can kind of get my orientation of where I'm going. Where am I at? Wake up, roll out of bed. More more than likely, I fall out of bed. But I get out of bed and I look for the light so I know where I'm going and then I'll walk and I can get to the bathroom. We look for the light in our lives in a lot of different of the storm, we look for the light. In fact, sometimes it's so bright, it shines. It actually gets so hot, we go, I need a former light. I need to turn it on. The Lord is our light in the midst of darkness. He teaches us the best way possible. He also gives us parents who, if they're walking with the Lord, they give us good
because he's the Lord of light in darkness. He shines in the midst of troubles. He can be relied upon because he is faithful. So turn to him in your times of need. Money isn't going to go as far as it used to because of inflation. It isn't. Trust me, we're all feeling the effects of bad management. People who keep just spending and spending and printing money, there's some real problems with that. It's up to over $250,000 per person. That's 330 million people in the United States that we know of. $250,000, each one of you, in order to get rid of our debt. being put up in this country as law. We have things that are disgustingly dark, and yet, if you speak out against it, you're the bad guy. You're the evil person. Trust me, I'm going to stand up here and tell you, God is the only way. You want to turn around some of this stuff, this bad management? We need to remember who is there for us and who will take care of us because He is our salvation. Which brings me to the next point, salvation. That word in Hebrew is yasha, yasha. It's almost the same name as Yahshua. Who knows what Yahshua means? Salvation means deliverance. It means deliverance, safety, rescue, well-being. says this in chapter 12, verse 2 and 62, verse 11 through 12. Look, God is my deliverer. I will trust in Him and not fear, for the Lord gives me strength and protects me. He has become my deliverer. Same word there of salvation. Look, the Lord announces to the entire earth, say to the daughter of Zion, look, your deliverer comes. Your light is here. His reward is with him, and his reward goes before him. They will be called the holy people, the ones protected by the Lord. You will be called sought after, city, not abandoned. David knew the Lord was his deliverer, his light and salvation. And when we know that he is loyal to us, there's nothing that can cause us to go away from that protection. specifically says in Romans 8 that all things, all creatures, there's nothing that's created that can separate you from Christ's love. Nothing. Are you a created being? Then you can't even feel it. If you're truly in God's salvation, you've trusted in Jesus Christ, there's 
salvation like it's something we've done to earn it. They actually believe that they think you can lose something you didn't earn. That God's so evil, he's willing to take back his salvation from you. No, he's not. If you truly follow Jesus Christ, he's going to love you always. He will never leave you nor forsake you.
And I'm telling you right now, your kids are looking to different people to influence their lives. And so they're going online and they're trying to find answers for anything. And the problem is, you don't even know that they're doing it. They're finding it from their buddies. It's scary how many influences are now right at the tip of our fingers with this thing. This thing right here. Tip of your fingers. It's crazy. See, when I was growing up, you had to go to the the shady side of town. You had to walk into the one kind of convenience store that had the, the magazines in the back that no one knew about. And then you had to ask somebody to get the wrong magazine. Or you had that buddy who was really goofy looking who had one in his pocket. Now you can get all that stuff on your phone. And it's not just men who are addicted to pornography today. It's women who are too. And it's become something that's destroying families. I can tell you that I know more people now who have been divorced because of pornography than any other thing or form out there. Sure, money, alcohol, those things cause it. I'm telling you right now, there are more people in the world today that struggle with pornography, and it's destroying our families. We're seeking to find answers, and Satan is right there lying to them in many different forms. If it's not from God, then you need to turn from it, because it only leads to destruction. It only leads to destruction. Whether it's alcoholism, whether it's drugs, whether it's pornography, it will destroy your life. You will find things. Here's the thing I'm sad about. The church has not come through and loved those people who are struggling with addictions. We can do better. We need to come alongside them. We have kids who are still in their teens. And I get it. I remember in the 1950s and those things that we would learn about that you would have a guy who would sleep with a girl and then when he got her pregnant, what did he do? Nine times out of ten, he married her. Now, we give them a drug to get rid of it. Because it's inconvenient. It's a sad world we're living in. We think murder's the, uh, two wrongs make a right nowadays. The Lord is the one who hides us in a shelter in the day of trouble. He's the one who lifts us upon the rock like Jesus. This is, just so you're aware, the guide method all over again. Do you know what the guide method is? Does anyone know? Raise your hand if you know what the guide method is. I've taught this before. My kids know it. My wife knows it. Here's the guide method. Guide, are you ready? Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. Read His Word and you need to pray. You need to go to God and pray. Because David's going to do this in verse 7 here in a minute. But you need to pray and you need to listen to the Word of God. You need to go to Him. That's the first thing in guide. The second thing is the you. Understand His principles. you got to know what He's talking about, what He thinks, how He thinks. That's what a relationship is. So go to the Lord, understand His principles about every kind of subject. Because God talks about everything. There's nothing out there that He doesn't mention or talk about. Now people will say certain things. God never mentioned blah, blah, blah. Jesus never mentioned abortion. He didn't have to. He also never mentioned beating your wife. Did he have to mention that in order for you men not to beat your wives? I don't think so. 
mentioned homosexuality. Again, did he have to? Sure, it was around. It was prevalent during his day. In fact, Paul writes about it a lot in the Corinthians. But Jesus did talk about what marriage is. Matthew 5 and Matthew 19. So whether we like the truth or not, it's still the truth. I get destroyed for this online all the time. I have all my liberal friends who like to write me and tell me how bad I am and how unloving I am. And if I keep preaching this message of hate, my church is just going to get older and everyone's going to die off. Okay. What am I going to fear? That I don't have a church anymore? Because I'm just preaching from the Word. What He says. Whether they like it or not, the truth is the truth. So you have to investigate or understand His principles. Especially the different under the different subjects. Now here's the I. Investigate your options. You have different options. You have the ability to do different things according to God. Look and see what you can do and what you can't do. It's there. Should I do this or that? Because we all have options. Do we ask the Lord what the best option is? That's the I. Now here's the D. Discuss those options with others and elders. Talk to people. Don't live in a vacuum. Have advisors. The Psalms and the Proverbs talk about this a lot. Having many advisors is wise with me. Talk to your pastors. Talk to those who have a relationship with the Lord, your friends and your families. See if they find any red flags that are flying up that you don't maybe see. Because you might not see the forest for the trees too close to the situation to be able to make a sound decision. But you have to ask others for help, especially us men. We men don't like to ask for help. We're going to lead our wives differently if we start asking God and others who are walking with God for help. How did you get this far? One of the things I like to ask people who have been married a long time, how'd you get this far? say, God and communicating. If it wasn't for God, we'd be gone. If it wasn't for practical communicating, God. You know what most of you don't talk about? Your spiritual formation. That's a really important thing and something that God gave to us. He said to Adam and Eve, go forth and multiply. He didn't turn around and go, whoa, 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 I didn't mean that. Get off of her. He knew what he was doing that sex is wonderful inside of marriage. Outside of marriage, it's like burning a fire in your home outside of the fireplace. It's going to cause a lot of pain. It may even burn your house down. But when you take that fire and you put it inside the fireplace where it's supposed to be, it's beautiful to look at. It warms you up. It makes you feel good. And who doesn't love sitting down next to a fire in the wintertime in Michigan in about a couple days? these issues with others and elders. If we ask questions honestly, especially, that is the first thing as men, Paul Cruz says this, I have the right to 
as a Christian, I have the right to demand that you say God be right. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Or here's another way to put it. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So express your freedom in Christ, but do that only in the way that you've done it when you've asked through these other steps. God, help me. I'm struggling. What do I do? Help me understand your principles about money. Am I supposed to buy this or not buy that? Am I supposed to give or not give? What am I supposed to do with my job? Should I stay here or should I go? I can investigate my options, and then here's all my different options I have. I can go to this job, I can go to this job, I can go to this job, but what's going to be beneficial for me? Lord, I need to know, hey, go talk to your pastor or somebody who is a business person and say, hey, these are my discussions, this is what I'm doing, here's my options. What do you think I should do? I wouldn't go there. Well, why not? Well, when we were looking at something, we saw that they were going under. Oh, you didn't know that already? Yeah, we have insider information. I know that guy who owns that company because I'm an owner and I get together with a bunch of people. You might not want to go to that company. Oh, that was the company I was thinking of going to. See why this is important to discuss it with others? Everyone's got an opinion. It's like every people have a, a belly button. We all have opinions. But the reality is you need to ask the opinions of others and try and find out what's the right way to go. And then you have to express your freedom in Christ. Too many people go, I'm a Christian, I can do whatever I want. said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, O Lord, do I seek. Here it is. He's praying and trying to understand the principles of God. Here it is. Now he says, hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake you go to people and they actually tell you when you get home from college, when you get home from Michigan State, and you say to your parents, hey, you know what I was thinking of doing this? Would you join a cult? I don't, I don't think so. You sure? Yeah. Because I'm in church. I'm thinking this is where I might be going. It's a bad idea. why you have to ask and investigate your options and then you're discussing with others because the Lord's going to take you in. Verse 11, teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me on a level path because of my enemies. 
discuss those things. Here's the last part. Give me not the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Since there's a question of faith, here's what he does with it. He waits for the Lord. He says, be strong. are you listening to? Stay with me. That's what Jesus is saying. Stay with me. Storms are coming, but we need to stay with the Lord. We need to listen to His voice. He's going to land our plane. Life is hard. Troubles are coming, people. In case you didn't know this, yesterday I was watching with my son Noah the greatest movie films ever created. the greatest one, Rocky Balboa, the greatest theologian you'll ever hear from in the movies. Does anyone know who Rocky Balboa is, the greatest theologian? Secondly, he said this in one of his movies, let me tell you something you already know, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows, it's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently into heaven. about how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. If you and I want to win in this life, we have to turn to the Lord and look to His loyalty towards us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He's loyal, caring, kind, loving. He is our protection. He is our tent builder. He is our salvation. In the Lord, do you and I know it? Do we truly trust in it? And if we do, then we need to be telling others about the greatest gift ever given. Because remember, Christianity is just one beggar telling another beggar what he needs. It's that simple. It's been summed up that easy. And so I'm asking this if you have not come to know Jesus, I want you to come talk to me. I want you to understand. Thank you. 
still struggle with things, say things, feeling things, but God changed my life. Praise Him. Put me into the Word. And then I went to Michigan State and I met a pastor on campus who shared the gospel with me. And I started being discipled for four years. He mentored me for four years. My life completely changed. And I graduated from Michigan State with a degree in coaching, which I didn't think you could get a degree in coaching again. I got a degree in coaching. I thought I was going to become a teacher. I never wanted to be a pastor. And in 2000, I went down to a thing called leadership training. It's a 12-week program. It's kind of like what Campus Crusade for Christ does, but we get into a different kind of ministry. So we went down there, and that's where I met my wife. And everything changed after that. And I didn't want to be a pastor. You can hear my story. I never wanted to be a pastor. But I kept hearing this over and over and over again. Oh, man, once you get a church, we can't wait to be a part of it. We can't wait to watch you and learn from you because your passion and your zeal. It was really crazy because it's like I'm a horrible human being. You know I'm really not. Those people are perfect, and I am far from it. And then I started reading the Word and studying, and God started leading me and, and teaching me and life became so different because I followed Jesus and I stayed with the voice. And that's all I'm asking us to do, to stay with the voice, to listen to His voice. Listen to what pastors and preachers preach about Jesus, not about your best life. That's garbage. Because our best life isn't now. We can have the greatest life ever because we die. say to me all the time, Pastor, my loved one died. I can't wait for to see them in heaven. And I'm going, did they know Jesus? I don't know. You know, one of the hardest things to do is to love someone in the midst of that struggle. So I'm asking us, go to the Lord, understand His principles, investigate your options, discuss it with others and elders express your faith in Christ, look to God's word for life. Because the church is going to fail you. I'm going to fail you. We fail each other as human beings to make mistakes. I'm not going to do it on purpose, and if I do, I'm apologizing now. If I failed you in the past, I'm sorry. But God loves you so much that he will never fail you, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you.
us the way. You teach us to lead us in the path of righteousness, to lead us in the ways of what we are to do. God, I pray that as we sing right now that you would be honored and glorified, that we would solidify in our heads the message that you are loyal to us, that you care for us, and that you love us, even in our madness and mess. Pray, God, for this country. Pray for this church. Pray for this community, that we can love each other well as we learn to love you well. Thank you for the people who are here today. We pray for those that could not make it, that you would be with them, protect them, love them, take care of them. It's all about you, God, and you alone. You are that voice that gets in our souls. Please stay with us.